The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Watson under center from his own Cleveland 20. Gets the snap. Four-man rush. Second down nine from behind. Ball knocked away. Highsmith It's picked up by Watt. From the 15 to the 10 to the 5. Touchdown. Touchdown. Pittsburgh touchdown. T.J. Watt. That was the moment. That was the moment that... A horribly sluggish performance yielded to a defense that generated 14 points for the Pittsburgh Steelers last night. And it was a long night. I bet. What time did you get home? 2.10, which is earlier than I thought it was going to be because that game took forever. 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 Like my wife looked at me and she was like, wait, they're still playing right now? What is going on? And uh, yeah, that game did. It was a long football game. Sloppy, a lot of things, change of changing of the, you know, the ball, incomplete passes, Mike. I, I thought about you a lot. I was like, oh man, he's not gonna get home till three o'clock in the morning. By the time the game was coming to a conclusion, I started paying attention to what time it was. Right. And I started doing the math and I haven't been to a game. I misspoke yesterday. I haven't been to a game in Pittsburgh, not since the Vikings and Steelers played there in the 2001 season as a fan. And I don't think I've been there to a Steelers game in my work capacity ever. But the last time I was at Heinz Field for a Steelers game was January of 2005, the 2004 AFC championship. The butt whooping. During which... Rodney Harrison, our colleague, rained on the local parade. Oh, yeah. On a very cold night in Pittsburgh, single digits. There goes Rodney running into the end zone right below where we were sitting. Grable setting the block. I love it. Right below where we were sitting. Now, we were very, very hot. And I remembered it because last night when we got there, 
in much better seats than I had the last time I was there. Right. I looked up to the area where we were sitting because it's one end zone where there's a little booth up there for, I guess, the coaches film, the end zone shot. There's a tiny little booth up there. And it's like, I, I once spent three hours in three degree temperature watching your, your second that favorite booth. team get their butt whooped. Watching the Steelers get their butt whooped by Tom Brady, Rodney Harrison, Mike Vrabel and company and route to their third Super Bowl win in four years. And that was one of the ones where when the Spygate stuff happened, because during the regular season, the Patriots came to Pittsburgh. Right. The Steelers won handily. Right. Got together again. That time around, it was different. And that was one of the, I think, Heinz Ward complaints. You know, the Rams were complaining and the Steelers were complaining after all that came out in 2007. But anyway, that's all water under the bridges, the many bridges in Pittsburgh. So, last, night, last night was something. Did, that, you, it's a, did you have some drinks? You had a beer? What did you do? I like your sweatshirt first off. I mean, I know that's yeah, not well, a Steelers shirt. That's a pirate shirt, but it's still cool. What I decided to do when I knew we were going to the game, okay, I needed something that wasn't openly pro Steeler, but was leaning pro Pittsburgh. So there's nothing wrong with being a Pirates fan. Nothing wrong. With that. That's that. That's that's my favorite baseball team, even though they have been ass for 31 years for the most part. Every time I say that, oh, what about the year they went to the playoffs? Yeah, you mean played in that one game that like blinking you missed it that year? <laughs> that doesn't count to me. I, I I think about the years where you get to actually play at least two games at least play 10 innings of baseball. Nine and a half is the over-under before you're actually in the playoffs, in my mind. So anyway, I yeah, I, I, I bought this at the airport on my way to New York over the weekend because if I wasn't going to find anything there, I was going to have my wife go to the, one of the sporting goods stores here and find something, right. something. But I right. wanted to be in control of what I bought. So, And I didn't sleep in this, but when I found out we were having technical difficulties and it was time to get dressed and it was all, oh, 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 oh and I feel like crap anyway, because I slept. Well, what'd you do? Did you get home in a drunken mess and go, you know, just no, go crazy in the studio? Drive. Did you go just knock the camera down and just like, like uh, a, like a crazy rock star? You just drunk and partying, just going crazy. Now, now you're doing zoom here. <laughs> I had three beers early, <laughs> early last night, went in early, got in early. Because you figure, you know, it's a nice night. Yeah, you know, I hear you. Family, friends, we took full advantage of the experience. And uh, three beers, last one, probably not long after kickoff. So I was fine by the time that, that we left. But got out of there surprisingly quickly. I mean, it was 12.15 and we were in gridlock traffic, not very far from the stadium. Maybe far enough, not to hit it if I threw a football, but if I had a a, a nine iron and I actually hit it right. I'd hit, I'd have put it maybe, you know, halfway up the facade of the stadium, 1215. And we got home at two, which that's about that long of a drive. Even if you don't have gridlock traffic. So I might have fractured a few of the laws of the highway on the way home just to get home so i could get to bed yeah it's not bad i thought i thought it wasn't gonna be three o'clock i thought at one point screw it just stay up just come home and work and just do the show and then go to bed after that that when i realized how long that game was and i was looking at the official game book and i've since lost track of it but i i i assume it was just a ridiculously i'm gonna say what three three forty maybe maybe it was three thirty five somewhere in that range i thought the kind of it's the kind of duration the nfl used to 
used to hate. They don't want games to last that long. And 328 mm. was the final official time of the game. It felt longer than that. That first quarter felt like it took forever. And another thing, too, when you attend a game, when you're so used to watching games on TV, you get spoiled by commentary. Yeah, sure. You get spoiled by replay review. Right. You get spoiled by the ability to reliably text people and make Twitter comments and actually access Wi-Fi or a cellular data network. And look, it was a great experience. They do it right in Pittsburgh. The fans were great. There were a lot of Browns fans there. They weren't getting the kind of hassle that an arch rivals fans would get in some other stadiums. And I won't name cities like Philadelphia or San Francisco. I won't name those cities. It was really great. The whole thing, everything about it was awesome. And you said something to me about this, I think within the past day or two, when we were talking about the game, because I was talking, I, I'm under the impression they've got state-of-the-art Wi-Fi in all these yeah, states. Negative Ghost they Rider. Except the full and complete load. Because whenever we're at games for NBC, we've got an NBC network. Right. So it's never an issue. Or if I'm in the press box, there's always an NFL slash team provided right. wireless, right. never an issue. When you're out among 67,000, I don't care how many routers they got. I don't care how many AOL dial-up connections they got. It ain't enough to serve everybody, either on the normal cellular network or the stadium Wi-Fi. And if they want to embrace real-time betting and in-stadium betting and all that other stuff in Pittsburgh, I I can't keep track of which states have and don't have legalized wagering. Pittsburgh does. They do. Pennsylvania does. I I was surprised that it's not that way. Yeah, and things got to be led me to believe it's not that way in most states. Yeah, you would think between the gambling and then the fact that yeah, the phone, you know, the connection with you know social media technology is so important this day and age. They're asking these TV companies for billions of dollars to to broadcast games. And it's not always easy, as we know from other companies and everything, that the, the stadiums are not up to date always, NFL and college, as far as the you know what you would like. Yeah, that, definitely something that, you know, yeah, you heard me probably rant about that once or twice over the last few weeks. So that's got to be updated a little bit. I've certainly seen those issues in the last few stadiums I've gone to. A lot of things happened in that game last night when they play for three and a half oh, hours. Oh, my gosh. Things happening will you know, intensify. I didn't realize there was a controversy about the final play from the Browns because that was the moment you pack up your stuff and you get to your car so you can get home, hopefully before 3 a.m. Joey Porter Jr. with a defensive stop yeah, that right. delivered the victory, right. sealed the win, fourth down. That place was so loud. There's the throw. Right. Ball. And now, from where we were, it looked uncatchable. It landed so far over the white stripe. Yeah, that's I think that's debatable. Question. I think that's a, go a yeah. good, solid point. I, I hear you where, there. Where we were looking down at that, because it happened down from where we were, I saw it land so far past that thick white stripe. It's yeah. like, well, if there was any pushy-shovey, it's still, you know, it's still uncatchable. And it all happened so quickly. And, of course, they're not going to show replays of that. That's the other thing, too. And this is part of the home experience. Anything 
remotely close. Anything that may have drawn a red flag or a replay review, ain't seeing the no, replay. You're, not seeing that. you're getting one look at the most, and it's gone before you even realized it was up. So I don't know. I see that. I that what that you, what, but Mike Mike I go what back. What we see Sunday? We saw that Broncos player getting mugged on the two. Well, that's what I was gonna say. That's that's where we go. It it goes right back to our conversation we had yesterday. If that's the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, four minutes left in the third quarter, fourth quarter, three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, it's called the whole game. That was egregious. So where it's tough about it, if we could show it again, too, like I hear you, the ball looks off target, but the receiver's trying to stop for like three to four yards and he can't stop because he's being held. He can't stop and come back to the ball either. So that that would be my problem. Listen, you know me; I'm pro defense more than more than not. I, I rubbing his race in here, but that was that was that's holding and then double. That, that, that's not egregious, and I know, and I know. Oh, I don't I know. know, man. He had double. He had, he I, held I, him I at one up. point, and then double fisted held him at another point, Mike. That's uh, that for the NFL. You're you're getting that, that's almost borderline manslaughter out there for this day and age. Was the ball in the air when that happened, or it, was it before the ball was? Well, in the air? yeah. It, either way, it's a first down. That doesn't matter, right? right? So that's well, where, that's my point. I mean, yeah. you got two different things, and you got you know, once the ball's in the air, if he's holding him and it's uncatchable, it's not interference. If he's holding him before the ball's in the air, it's holding and it's five yards and an automatic first down. You can interfere with a guy on an uncatchable pass right he could grab him he could hold him he could do whatever once the but they didn't the call uncatchable pass off. or any of that so that's just what's an if so they didn't say that there was no signal of uncatchable pass they just didn't throw the flag so well, that's where they it's have a little to get weird. to their cars too yeah they, <laughs> they have to they have to get to their cars alive as well and we joke about that but there is a very real human dynamic to the idea of you're in the stadium where predominantly although there were a lot of browns fans something good happened for the browns early and I was yeah, you could hear it. The audible. Whoa, where are all the? And then you start looking, and you can see the the white jerseys popping up among all the Steelers fans. But there were a lot of Steelers fans. It wasn't the takeover like we saw on Sunday Week One when the 49ers fans just absolutely commandeered Acrosure so, Stadium. What did you think though? Right, before we start breaking the game down, what did you think of the uniforms of the Browns? What what were you? I don't like it. I don't you like. You didn't it. like Nike. it. All right. I don't like it. It's a nice change. You up. like it? I didn't dislike it. You know, I, I am a you know, I'm a traditionalist where the Browns have one of those uniforms where I go, they should really never wear anything but their traditional uniform. It's been there since the start of time as far as football is concerned. But if there was a change up, I did like it, you know, for a road game, the all white. It was it was a solid look. I, I, I'll give them that. I, I can get behind that every now and then if they're going to do it. One of the comments I heard last night was exactly what I feared would happen once Nike took over the apparel contract in 2012. I turn on a game now and I don't know who's playing. And I never thought it would be that way in the NFL. College, that's what it became. And that's what I was concerned about. You want to be able to turn the TV on or whichever device you use to watch games now and know right away these are the teams. That's how iconic and identifiable the uniforms need to be. The Bears with that orange on orange, yeah, they're Next. another one. I hear you. They're great, iconic. Great call, great call when your alternative is Midnight Blue on a hot Sunday in September in Tampa. But that doesn't look like the Bears. Right. You know, and when you have other teams that have not changed and they're among the best teams and the most recognizable and the most loyally followed, like the Cowboys and the Packers and the Raiders, there's a reason for that. There's a consistency over time. 
that stretches and spans generations. And I, I hate to sound like get off my lawn guy, but this was Nike's MO. Come in and start pressuring these teams and enticing them and persuading them to make changes. Change your numbering, change your lettering, change your helmet logo, change this, have a third jersey, have a second helmet. I knew the moment that they got all right, rid of that all right, all right. Come on, let's rule. talk about okay. the damn game. But all right, guys. Well, I back. just asked you, you a question. Do question. you like them or I'm not? I didn't want a question. dissertation on like the story of Nike and the uniforms. Do you like that's them? Rude. Yes or no? Tell me the that's damn rude. answer. You said no. You let's move on. Yes no <laughs> and I'm entitled to elaborate on my opinion. Yeah, we know. Thank you. Yes. All right. And you knew who the hell was playing. It was the Browns. It was very obvious. So whoever else is watching, they got a problem. All right. On the elevator last night, guy said to me, guy was talking about the game, Browns fan, Browns fan. And he was talking to a Steelers fan and the Steelers fan was just giving, you know, good natured, giving a little something. And the Browns fan said, well, I hope you have a great time tonight, even though the Browns are going to win. And then he turned to me and he said, and what is your opinion on tonight's game? (laughs) And I said, I have no opinion. I'm here as a neutral observer. He said, I find that hard to believe because I have heard some of your opinions in the past. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> that was very good. Um, so, so uh, the defense saved the day for the Steelers. And I saw something floating around here before the show. And I, I don't know what true media is. So I'm not ready to say this is as, you know, reliable as if it were coming from the Elias Sports Bureau. But according to something called True Media Sports... The Steelers entered, there it is. The Steelers entered the fourth quarter, trailing the Browns 22-19, gained minus seven total yards, and won. And won the game. Fewest yards gained in the fourth quarter by a team that overcame a fourth quarter deficit to win in this century. I'd love to know when else it was that someone gained negative yardage in the fourth quarter and came from behind to win. But this is what happens right out of the gates. First play from scrimmage. The tip drill, Alex Highsmith takes it in for a touchdown. They were all over Deshaun Watson, and he escaped so many of them, Chris. When you're at the game and you can sense it and the crowd reactions, there were so many times they were chasing him around. There were so many times they had the running back caught in the backfield, and they didn't make the tackle, and he slipped away. In the, the penetration up front all night by the Steelers, front seven was incredible and there are the numbers six sacks four forced fumbles three fumble recoveries one interception two defensive touchdowns insane 14 points off turnovers by the Steelers defense which is good because we'll talk about the offense the offense they were chanting fire Canada at one point fire Canada was trending this morning on Twitter the offense and I don't want to get ahead of it but We'll talk about it. The offense needs some work in Pittsburgh. They they just don't feel like they have a rhythm. They don't feel like it. When you're at the game, you get it. You really feel it. No sense of rhythm, no sense of flow, no sense of strategy, no sense of we're doing this like the Shanahan McDaniel stuff. We're doing this to set up this, we're doing that to set up this. We, we have a method to our madness. It just felt like there was no, they were just groping. They were just reaching for anything. And they finally realized, well, maybe we should throw it to George Pickens. But again, we'll, we'll unpack that later. For now, here's TJ Watt who scored the decisive touchdown, talking about the huge night from the Pittsburgh defense. 
splash. I mean, I think that's what we talk about is creating splash as a defense. I mean, Alex Highsmith played his absolute tail off tonight. Um, guys inside got incredible pressure. Larry O had a great game. Um, I just think we really fed off the crowd, and I still think we can do a better job of of executing in those moments when the crowd is going absolute bananas like they were tonight. But uh, it wasn't pretty, um, but a win is a win. They did that renegade thing fourth quarter as the Browns were pinned deep in their own territory up 22-19. First couple plays stifled. I mean, everybody was nuts after that. To be in the middle of that, it's one thing to see clips of it on TV or internet to be in the middle of it, you really get an idea of how it lifts the players. And I was watching the players during it. You could see that, that it was it was really getting them to go to a higher level. And then third down, Deshaun Watson makes a great throw to Elijah Moore, who they didn't bother to cover. They had a linebacker on him as they tried to get Watson in the end zone for a safety. And it's like, oh, there went that. Well, they're going to draw up. That's it. Up, oh, that's it. And then came the moment where the ball gets knocked out and TJ Watt scores a touchdown. And that place went crazy. I was at the AFC championship game, the Jim Harbaugh game, Colts Steelers in three river stadium. And when the Steelers came from behind and took the lead there, like it was one of those moments where you felt like the whole place was going to collapse. It wasn't quite that loud last night, but when that happened, man, it, and, and that just shows you the value of having a true home field advantage, the value of having fans who, who use their tickets and don't sell them to fans of the opposing team. That place went nuts and the Steelers fans got the assist. On a night when the offense couldn't do anything, the defense got a nice little boost from the from the crowd and made all the difference, Chris. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the, it was not a well-played game. I mean, that that's the first thing by either football team. I mean, it was ugly. In fact, it was a Monday night of four bad offenses across, the, across football there. I mean, the lack of practice and preseason football and the rules against training camp uh, go against everything what the NFL wants. They want offense and excitement, and we're not getting it right now in the NFL because there's offenses that are just rusty. I mean, the Steelers win the football game, no doubt. Big that they win it. You don't want to start 0-2. We know that, right? But I, I, you know, I don't know how to feel about the Steelers. How do you really feel good about that after that performance right there? I mean, they were outplayed by the Browns. They let up 200 yards rushing. They just got the Browns, and the Browns did some horrible things. Deshaun Watson was horrible. I mean, beyond horrible. horrible. I mean, it's beyond horrible. So that's where you just don't know what to think of the win. The win, of course, hey, you'll take it, right? And, hey, you can build on that. And the defense makes plays like you talked about there. But, man, you know, like you said, the first pick six, hey, he's open. He misses the target by four feet wide. It gets tipped in the air, and it's interception, right? The fumbles, the personal fouls. I mean, it was just one thing after another from Watson and the Cleveland offense, let alone one of the most devastating injuries on their football team that they've had in quite some time with Nick Chubb. And, of course, he's one of the best players on their team. But, yeah, with the Steelers, you know, you come away, you get the win. Yeah, you made some plays. Okay, that's good. You couldn't stop the run. And you couldn't stop it when they lost the best running back in football. You still couldn't stop it. Offensively, I mean, you said it. It's it's one play. It's really all there is. It's two plays. It's two passes to Pickens. Other than that, it is a way below average performance on the offensive side of the ball. And and I agree with you in what you're saying and the assessment there on the offensive side of the ball. There is no flow. 
You know, there is no feeling of they're setting this up or what are they trying to accomplish. And then, of course, they can't run the ball very well either. So very weird game. It really was. Pittsburgh gets the win. You like that. But it's one that kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And you're like, I'm not sure what to think of them here going into week three or four. And how good are they, you know, after after getting that win last night? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. This is the very simple approach that Matt Canada should take moving forward, assuming yeah. he is employed by this weekend when the Steelers visit the Raiders on NBC Sunday Night Football. And one of my friends kept asking me last night, is there a chance they'll fire him in halftime? Could they fire him in halftime? Can they get rid of him now? Constantly complaining, constantly. And I hear that all the time from Steelers fans. They are done with Matt Canada, especially because the preseason this year did enough to get people thinking, yeah, it all got us hopeful. We got something, right? Maybe it's going to be different, right? Maybe Kenny Pickett next level and yeah. Matt Cannon's taken there and everything's going to work and we got all these weapons and everything's great. That's made the first couple of weeks even more disappointing for the hardcore Steelers fans. Najee Harris, and I'm a big Najee Harris guy. I love Najee Harris. Yeah. Very engaging, very right. charismatic. Yeah. I thought he's going to have a big year. Look, He's missing something. I don't know if he's injured and he's not telling anybody. He's missing or speed. He has no burst. None. He has no acceleration. Right. They try to run him outside. He can't get to the edge. No. He cannot run anybody to the edge. They try to run him up the middle. He can't bust through the hole. And then he had one hole and he was dancing like Le'Veon Bell. And I don't want to be critical of him because I love the guy. But Jalen Warren is clearly the better option. When you are there, yeah, you can see it. Oh, you see it on TV, August. Mike. Yeah. Najee Harris does not have what he needs to take the openings the offensive line is giving him and turn it into something. And you don't run him wide. Run Jalen Warren wide. Why are you trying to will Najee Harris into doing something he just can't do? He doesn't have the speed, whether it's an accumulation of bumps and bruises. Playing at Alabama where they just beat the hell out of you at the running back position, I don't know. But this is his contract year. Not contract year. This is the year to set up the contract. Year three is the big one for a 
running back, if you're going to take a stand, Jonathan Taylor style or whoever, Ezekiel Elliott style, you need to enter that offseason with a big year. And 10 carries for 43 yards. He had a couple of runs that were like, whoa, wow, that's impressive. But man, if it was, if it was, you know, uh, other running backs, it would have been a hell of a lot more than what he got. Yeah, he well, that's, that's... And maybe been gone. Yeah, that that's that was always the concern about him, Mike, coming out. If you remember his last year in college, he didn't have a run over 20 yards. Over 20 yards in college football at Alabama, best offense, best receivers, best offensive line, not over 20 yards. That was that was the big concern about him coming out. And yeah, you 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 see that. Hey, he's a great guy if you got an overpowering offensive line and you want to smash him in there and it's four and five and boom and boom and he's going to move the pile and he's going to, ooh, it's five-yard gain and take on the linebacker and get seven yards because he's so big. But like you're saying, when it becomes a space game, there's always meat left on the bone. And that's where you do see the difference between him and Warren. And, and, you know, and, and that's where I think you get into the bigger topic and conversation altogether of just – you know, okay, the offense isn't very good. All right, Deontay Johnson, of course, we know he wasn't out there last night. And the only guy on the offense that seems capable of kind of doing more than, you know, the basic play on the, the chalkboard is the guy you brought up in Pickens. That, that, that's, he seems to be the only weapon. And then, okay, so he's the guy. They got to find more ways to get him the ball. I mean, it, it can't just be, hey, we're going to throw him an in-cut or a go-route every now and then. You know, that, that's what I don't understand, too. Wide receiver screens, reverses, whatever. But he's the only guy that's capable of making an explosive play for your offense right now. And that's where you would have liked to have seen, you know, them feature him a little bit on a night like last night. So the 71-yard. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, you're good. The, you're good. The 71-yard catch and run for a touchdown almost came at the point where they'd been lulled to sleep into thinking they're just not going to throw it to him. Because I don't know how many times they come out of the huddle – and you go up the line of scrimmage, it's like, boy, this would be a great play to throw it to George Pickens. Oh, there's a single high safety. And, sure. And you, George Pickens all the way over here on the other side of the field, split left, pretty much on the sideline in single coverage. We know what this guy can do. Why aren't and and he wasn't even in the progression? If you're watching the quarterback, like he's looking here, he's looking to the right. Okay, hey, hey, 14's over there, Kenny. 14's over there. That's the guy you should be looking for. And then all of a sudden it's like. The light bulb finally went off. Hey, you know what? That guy's pretty good. Maybe we should throw to him. So he needs to be, I don't want to say the centerpiece of the offense, yeah. but I look, I don't know what's going on with Chase Claypool since 2020. People forget that he, I hate saying that. People forget. People do forget how good he was in 2020. How he had like 11 total touchdowns and he was showing traits that were elite potentially. And he had the, capacity to be special and i don't know if he's so concerned about getting his contract or he really has become kind of devious i don't know but he's a different guy now than he was but that's a guy that you you make sure you get the ball to him i remember the constant conversation with randy moss early in his career and i'm not saying either of these guys could be a randy moss but when you have a talent like that it's imperative to get him the football not to keep him happy but to keep your offense working You've got a great piece that you won't use. That's what's so frustrating about it. And I love great offensive football. I love seeing that ball go up in the air and seeing the guy go make the catch. I love that aspect of the game. I love to see great talents in the receiving core 
get an opportunity to entertain us with what they can do. Sure. And and I credit him for not getting frustrated. I'll watch him. I watch him come yeah, off the field. Right. What's he doing with the helmet? It's great. That's one of the great things about being at the game. What's he doing with the helmet? Who's he talking to? He he his head was in the game the whole time. And then they started calling his number. And that's what they need to do from the get-go. Because then all that other stuff is going to work. If you're making the opposing defense crap their pants all week about how they're going to stop 14, these other guys are going to have an easier time of it. Yeah, agreed. They got to you got to do something. You got to do something where you feature somebody and make the defense bend to something or game plan for something, right? We always talk about that. It's got to be something in your offense where you can go, wait, we do this great, and because we're great at it, we have to. The defense has to bend and do game planning to stop that. And there's no nothing in that in that offense right now. And I agree with you that yeah, he should. You know, he should be featured. It, it's it's not a uh, mm, uh who should it be blah blah blah. He's the only guy. That's it. And that's where it's it's got to expand. But you know, I know they're missing some players. But it, that was you know nine first downs on a night like last night. I mean, really, two or three plays to talk about. No rhythm within the pass offense. You know, O-line didn't look that great pass protecting or run blocking. You know, Kenny Pickett not looking that great himself either. He looks uncomfortable. I mean, there's a lot of things to be concerned about. And then, of course, you throw on the defense in there and you go, well, yeah, they got some plays, but do you really feel good about it? They still let up 400 yards of offense to an offense that I don't think is – you know, is really one-sided and just running the football right now and, you know, had some of the worst turnovers you can imagine for an offense, really. So that's where, hey, we'll see, but we're, it's an evaluation. I think we're continuing an evaluation to see where Pittsburgh is. I'm certainly not going, oh, they won that game. They make me feel better. I think they can go on a little win streak here. There's a lot of work to be done on both sides of the ball with the Steelers. That was a classic Mike Tomlin Pittsburgh win. Ugly defense making a difference you can't rely on two defensive touchdowns a game no exactly that's not really lucky enough to get one right you're lucky enough to get one a right. month they get two in the same game and if they don't get both of those last night they They're don't not win winning game. right after they go up seven nothing the browns just break down the field it's like uh oh uh oh yeah they've been fun while it lasted folks because this this has all the earmarks of the Browns overpowering the Steelers and doing to them what they did to the Bengals early on. When I was complaining about the Steelers offense, it occurred to me, maybe the Browns defense is just pretty damn good. And that's about the time the Steelers offense woke up to do enough. And, and look, the Steelers benefited from what happened to Nick Chubb and what happened to Nick Chubb was awful and no one wanted it to happen. But if Nick Chubb plays that whole game, Right, he suffered it's big a very trouble. serious knee injury, and he's right. done for the year. Coach Kevin Stefanski's not been playing games with could he be back? Would he be back? He's done for the year, and frankly, maybe I he's hope done he's done. Yeah, I hope he's not conference. done forever. That that's the yeah. kind of injury we had last night. And I they played the replay once in the stadium. Oh, and I wasn't. I heard friend, the crowd go, oh. and yeah, and he was one of the shouts and expletive when he sees it because it was awful i I, didn't play it again they didn't play it on tv at all i haven't seen it i don't want to see it no and it drives me crazy the the bot accounts on twitter that post the video for anybody out there who feels compelled to see it anybody you know what you're doing you want people to watch it just don't post it just don't post it if people people have ways to go back and rewatch the game if they really want to see it they have a way they can find it you don't need to put that on twitter but that's that's what they do so anyway um and it Look, 
in one instant, in one flash. And, and hey, sometimes your foot gets caught in grass too. It's more likely to get caught on turf. Sometimes it gets caught in grass. Well, That's why between the two, you want the one where it's at least got a chance to come out when it get plant, gets planted like that and somebody hits the side of your leg. Well, this doesn't matter what you play on. Yeah, this is this is not right. surface-related. But 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 yeah, my point is, because, oh, oh, it happened on grass. You know, the, the this weird pro-turf crowd out there that has no support from actual players currently in the game. No support from anyone who currently puts on the uniform and goes out and plays. Oh, turf is better. Turf is better. Bullshit! Turf is better. But they're pushing back because, oh, oh, it happened on grass. Why aren't you saying the grass? Why aren't you blaming the grass? This is going to happen anywhere. This is going to happen anywhere. No, this is, that's a, on grass, people, you at least have a chance that that foot's coming out. Yeah, Sometimes people who say that, are, they're just, they're stupid. They're, what about? It's it's, it's just arguing to argue. They're, they're idiots if anyone was arguing that. Like, well, what I about? Mean, one player yeah. who currently plays, not used to play, right. currently plays, currently plays, that says, I want turf over grass, and then I'll, I'll pipe down. So anyway, um, it proved also, Chris, how important it is to get paid while you can when you're a running back and why teams don't pay running backs in that one moment. Because that can happen at any time when you get the leverage, real leverage. There's a grievance now that the NFL's filed against the union because of J.C. Treader running his mouth about guys faking injuries, and I knew that wasn't going to end well when he did it. But you get paid while you can you do everything you legitimately can to get paid while you can because the team knows and you know that happens we got to get somebody else and they brought in jerome ford he had 100 yards he, we got nick chubb was great and the game keeps going and jerome ford has 100 yards and the browns almost win they would have won with chubb they almost win with the next guy and whether they bring back kareem hunt I saw somebody suggest they should trade for Jonathan Taylor. Let's not get crazy just yet. Just bring back Kareem Hunt. He's out there. What do you want, Kareem? Boom. And and the, the train keeps rolling. You bring yeah. in another running back. That's the yeah. problem. That's why they can't get paid. Because when one goes down, next man up. And yeah. that's one of the positions where it's easy to go next man I, up. I, the Jonathan Taylor things are real. I, I, would, I think that, that that could be real. But one, because Cleveland might be that desperate. Kareem Hunt ain't Jonathan Taylor, right? And the one thing I'm starting to realize is when these teams start to get rid of running backs, they know, right? I'm already seeing that with Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's lost a gear and a half, right? These teams know. They're, they're, they're on it. So Kareem Hunt, I wouldn't do that. If you're Cleveland, I would start kicking the tires on, let's call Jim Irsay and the Colts. This might have been the thing that actually needed to happen from the Colts' standpoint to make a move here, really, because they're a run football team. We know that you can't depend on the pass game last night if you're the Cleveland Browns. You know, for the idiots out there saying turf or grass, you're an idiot if you're saying turf or grass. That has nothing to do with it. It's an unfortunate play. I don't know if we have the play, if we could show it a little bit. I'm not trying to see the replay. If you just see from the normal cut, you don't see anything bad. But I don't love the – what I don't love is he is engaged with somebody else and the fact that Minka Fitzpatrick goes low on him. I just didn't love that. I don't think it was necessary. So that was one thing that jumped out to me a little bit. You know, he was being hit. He was had somebody bear hugging on him, and Minka Fitzpatrick came in like a heat-seeking missile and dove at the side of his knee. And that, to me, is things that like players. You, they're smart enough to know that you don't do that. They are. Yeah. So I didn't. I did not love that aspect, and that's deflating, because right there, with the way they look through two weeks, you go, 
I, the Browns are out of the playoff conversation. I don't know if they can do it without him. I really don't. I mean, there's nothing you can latch on to right now other than their well, their defense is really good, and it was their run game, but I meant there's nothing you can latch on to the passing game right now. I mean, Deshaun Watson, they they, they got to be concerned about what they're seeing now. It, it's official. It's, 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 it's enough of like, hey, he played at the end of last year. He had a full training camp. He played last week. He played last night, right? And this guy doesn't look anything like the person we used to see with the Houston Texans. And honestly, Mike, he doesn't even get off, give off the same mojo. There's not the same look in his eye, magic in his eye. It's like he's been scarred by all the things that happened. And I can imagine that's a real thing. I mean, he's got, I'm sure, people saying crazy stuff to him all game long, let alone players, fans, whatever else. But the throwing is off sync. The seeing in the field's off sync. Yes, he got out of trouble a few times last night, but he can't run like he used to. He's not the same there either. He's a little too big, in my opinion, and too thick. But, man, for a guy that's got the greatest contract in the history of the NFL and they want to base this around right now, they got to be worried because it oh. don't look good, he don't look good, and their passing offense is uh, below average where it stands right now through two games. And it's no longer the greatest contract in the NFL, but the thing that made it different was the five-year right. fully guaranteed $46 million. They can't just snap their fingers and move on from him. They're stuck with that cap and cash commitment. And Chris, I agree with you. I mean, think about it. All the stuff that he's experienced, even though most of it's his own fault, you still have to try to figure out how you're going to go yeah. forward and feel off. It doesn't take you're much. You're self-conscious of people and what they're thinking of you all the time when you what have they, all that happen. What are they happen? thinking of me? Right. What are they going to say about me? How am I going to react right. when they say it? Right. What new creative way are they going to come up and try to insult me? They all know about that very, very weird thing that impacted more than 20 people in a negative way. If we believe the accusations that were ultimately settled and the NFL ultimately decided there was enough there to suspend him for 11 games. So, you know, we still tiptoe around the let's not get sued because they were allegations and they're never conclusively proven in court. But he settled all but a couple of the cases and the NFL found he did it. And the NFL arguably went light on him because some of those owners out there were like, you know what? If he sits out the whole year, the Browns get him for five years. If he sits out most of the year, the Browns have him for four years. Screw the Browns for giving him the fully guaranteed contract. Hey, Roger, only suspend him for 11 or 12 games. And then the Browns only have him for four years. And that was part of what was going on behind the curtain. No Pay question. no attention to the man behind the curtain because right. the man behind the curtain was up to some shit. Right. So anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, uh, you can also see him losing his cool. When have you ever seen a player get flagged twice in the same game? A quarterback. A face mask. A when does a quarterback ever get flagged once for a face mask. Exactly. That's a manifestation of his frustration. Right. That is a frustration move. That's then, not, oops, oops. It's, you know, when you try to tackle somebody, oops, it's an accident. That's a frustration move. No, and then, a, and I then. I can't run away from you, and I'm pissed off I can't run away oh, from you. Oh, and so well, and then, Mike, this is down. one here. I'm mad I can't run away from you. I'm not making plays. And we, and we you know, this is one where I went, oh, I guarantee somebody on the sideline said something about what went on with his life because he got really mad he was pointing at somebody he he did not want to hear it right so that's where it it you know 
it, you, you could tell. I mean, there's just a guy right now that does not have his mojo or his look, and you don't see that that's, very that's often. That's bad because he's already done it. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. I tweeted after that play last night. He's going to get fined a billion dollars this week because in between, Chris, was the thing that should have gotten him ejected and should have gotten your guy DTR in the game, and maybe the Browns would have won because in the aftermath of the first one, when it's like, I can't run away from you here. I'm at your sideline. Somebody said something to me that I had every right to say because of the stuff that happened a couple of years ago. I pull the guy down, throw him down, watch the aftermath of this play right there. He is. Hey, I can't hit that edge. I can't hit that corner. Like I used to, I'm pissed off. Somebody said something to me, watch him on the official, watch him. No, he that pushed him. There. I know you get ejected for that. You get ejected for that. I saw that it was right down from us. It's like, he's ejected. It's over. It's done. Night, night, Deshaun. That is a line you do not cross. You do not lay hands on the official. So I don't know if they just didn't see it. And this is one of those where 345. Now, see, they don't. here's the problem. Exciting Monday night game, relatively speaking. You don't want the starting quarterback to go out due to injury. And you probably don't want the starting quarterback to go out due to ejection. When they're explaining the third quarterback rule to us in August, and they're saying, you know, if the quarterback isn't available if the other two aren't available due to either injury or ejection then the third quarterback can play and i'm thinking when the hell is a quarterback ever going to be ejected they're never going to eject a quarterback and last night's proof positive of it because any other player assuming they they just didn't see it or i can't imagine they didn't see it we all saw it why don't you eject him for that? Other guys get ejected for that whenever they do it. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't. I mean, I don't want to see him get ejected there, but yeah. I but mean, he deserved I, to be. I, I noticed. I Maybe noticed it would have been it for too. his own good. Maybe he needed to be out of that. Right, Maybe he but he, he was mad. Somebody struck a, a personal co chord with him right there. Uh, and I think it might have, you know, I don't know if it was uh, the Benton kid who they drafted out of Wisconsin, the defensive tackle. But see, he's angry. Somebody said that something there, like though, that. You lay hands right. on the official – you get ejected yeah, and no. he's going to get fined. Now here's the question. Yeah. Here's the question. I don't think they'll do it, but two blatant egregious face mask fouls and lay hands on official. Is that enough to get him suspended for a game? I don't I doubt know. It. We've never seen it before. Yeah. I wouldn't think so. You know, I mean, listen, they're face masks. Yes. You know, surely uh, it's it, because it's a quarterback. Yeah, he probably gets away with that push compared to everybody else. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, with Deshaun Watson and his past and all that too, I'm I'm sure the referee knows like, damn, that you know, he might have heard what the guy said and was like, Oh, I, I understand him getting mad there. Whatever. But you're right. It it wasn't a good look. And it wasn't a good look from the offense altogether, right? And it's you know, it's unfortunate. I don't know what to think. Kevin Skavansky, who of course is in charge of you know, the offense and all of that as well. Listen, the, the thing that never matched up to me, his thing was always run game. That's what he was. You know, that's why you remember when they hired him from Minnesota, I was always like, hey, I like how he runs the ball, but the pass game always makes me kind of, you know, want more in that department. I never went, oh, man, they're, ooh, look at this. This is cutting edge. Whoa, look at all these formations. Whoa, look at this cool play. Never that. It was always run game that was the impressive thing there. And then now it's Deshaun Watson, and it feels like they're trying to kind of, you know, put the old square peg in a round hole type of thing and become a passing offense to justify the contract. And the quarterback is incapable of delivering right now. And it's going to be interesting to see going forward here. But 
you know, as for a guy that has the physical talent he has, yeah, he's not moving the same, and he's not throwing the same right now either. You could see that. There was a few throws where just whether it's off target, then not the same velocity on the football, and that's where, you know, this is going to be something to, to kind of look at going forward and see if he can, can get this mojo going, which I thought he would have had it by now. I really did, and and uh, I definitely hit the full-fledged concerned if Deshaun Watson can ever get the magic back in his game here. On that second personal foul, and this is one of the realities of being in the stadium, the play extends. He runs to the left, far side of where we were. I see a couple of flags on the field, and I just thought there was some backside hold or something like, well, this isn't on the Steelers. What is this? What is face mask? Oh, one of the blockers must have grabbed somebody. Oh, Deshaun did it again. He did it again. And when you watch that second one, like, I think he's thinking, if I'm taking the 15 anyway, I'm going to get my money's worth and I'm going to rip your ass down to the ground, right? Because there is no multi-level. There is no five or 15. It's 15, even if you just grab it and twist a little bit. I, I took him and th what did he think the outcome of that play was going to be? Once he grabs the guy and throws him down. That is not inadvertent. That is deliberate and intentional. And that's why I think we need to be watching 345 Park Avenue for the possible puff of smoke at some point today where they get the word out that they're going to try to suspend him over this. They need to get him under control. They can't have this continue. Even though I didn't hear or see the kind of reaction I thought maybe that Deshaun Watson would get loudly and unanimously, although at one point there was a chant that, that, that broke out that was related to his past issues. But he, it must be Chris Ware when he's down in the fight. You know, the John Randall. Yeah. I'll find a way to get in your head. I think maybe, maybe the opponents. Yeah, they of course they are. Of course. They're saying something to If him. I was playing Deshaun Watson, I'd be saying stuff. If I was a defense end, whatever, no doubt about it. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's like all is fair in love and war. All is fair on the football field. You know, it is there. You know, other than cheap I remember shots. when they tried to legislate out right. profanity, and Tony Dungy was like, "Are you serious?" Yeah, exa exactly. Right. Well, that again, that goes back to what guys say during that game. goes it's, back to a bunch what of they people. Say during game is right. Incredible. Yeah. Feels well, that makes so a bunch of people that you know have never really played football before, and they make the rules of the game. That, that's where we we know there's a disconnect there. But that's you know that performance last night, like we said, pick six. Fumble on a quarterback sneak in field goal territory, missed throws, right? The two penalties, and then the fumble at the end of the game, which I don't know if we can show again it, because, like, we had an end zone copy of that that last, you know, touchdown by T.J. Watt, guys, if you could show that again, you know, when he picks up the fumble. You know, the, even on that play there, I know the protection wasn't great here. I get that. You know, it wasn't. But – you know, it's just like little nuances that I look at that you know, he felt the pressure. Here's a guy running a shallow cross. Just get the ball out of your hand there. There's just little things about his game. And it's a tough play. I might be overanalyzing that one. But it just is like he's lost the little nuances and feel for the game is my point. And maybe I'm being a little too harsh with that play right now. But it just I mean, hasn't got it going. Yeah. Hey, Chris, here's the reality. One of the criticisms of Kirk Cousins. I don't want to bring this back to I don't like it at Kirk Cousins. But Deshaun Watson has always had the awareness in a moment like that to get the hell out of Dodge before you get hit from behind and the ball comes out. When Kirk Cousins had that fumble the other night and I treated, I tweeted, excuse me, primetime Kirk, people were like, oh, that's not his fault. It's the blocker's fault. No, but the quarterback needs to know when the walls are caving in and act accordingly and hold on to the football and cover up and either take a knee or get the hell out. Deshaun Watson, we know, 
has, or at least had, the ability to run away from that stuff and to know when to run away from that stuff. Your big criticism of him back in the early days of his career was he treats every play like it's the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Because he's constantly, and he had the ability to extend those plays and run around with his hair on fire before Patrick Mahomes was running around with his hair on fire and doing amazing stuff. Deshaun Watson was running around with his hair on fire just instead of extending it laterally and throwing it, Deshaun would just say, screw it, off I go. And he was never the fastest guy, but he was fast enough to get away and he knew how to move and work within the space of the other bodies. He had a almost like a sixth sense of how his body could get to here before this guy can get to here. And that just feels like it's gone now. And it may just be gone because he didn't play for three years. Yeah, it, it could be. It's not easy like we talk about. And right now there's no sign of, there, you know, there's no sign of re- him regaining it, and that, that's where I'm a little concerned. It wasn't great. <clears throat> it wasn't great in the preseason, but chalked it up to the preseason, and now here we are, two weeks in, and I know week one was a little sloppy with the rain and all that, but still, there was some throws in that game that anybody would go back and watch and go, "What? How could that be?" And then last night, so we'll see where we go. But that game was, yeah, not well played really by either team on either side of the ball. But it goes back to Mike Tomlin, those defense, the renegades, whatever. They made the plays to win it, and uh, that was that. That was that. Two other quick points. We have to take a break. Number one, one of my questions for Kenny Pickett this year was, can he demonstrate the ability to run away from pressure and create on the fly and make chicken salad? Last night, a couple of times he tried to extend plays, and he got swallowed up by that Browns defense. So I don't know that Pickett is destined to become one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We're still trying to figure out where his ceiling is. And secondly, someone texted me last night who's been involved in the game for decades that the vibe that this person was picking up watching the game, it's almost like Jim Schwartz is the coach of the Browns and not Kevin Stefanski. And I haven't had a chance to watch the game copy or look at whatever it was that caused the person to think that. But when you have the head coach who's offense and hands the keys to the defense, to the other coach, and this guy's been a head coach, been a fairly successful head coach, the Titans and the Lions, right? Lions, yeah. Lions. Where was he a head coach anywhere else? It was just the Lions. No, just the Lions. He was the, he was the defense coordinator of the Titans. That's what's getting me twisted up. He was Jeff Fisher, then, then he became the Lions coach. But I don't know if you noticed anything like that. Maybe it's something to just file away. But when you get defense that is holding its own and playing well and giving the offense every chance, and offense isn't getting it done, that's when you can get this problem in the locker room, this problem of perception as to who should we follow, which of these two coaches, these co-head coaches is getting it done. Just something that, I don't know if you've noticed it or heard anything about it, but somebody I trust was saying, man, it's almost like Schwartz is the coach of this team. Well, I mean, they they, they talked highly of Schwartz throughout the telecast, and of course his defense is playing awesome, and they couldn't stop emphasizing how many players – talked about Schwartz and the energy he has provided for the defensive side of the ball and everything they're doing there. So that, that was glowing, you know, as far as Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, but then, yeah, I I think, you know, just plays into it the way, you know, not the, the offense again, the offense had 408 yards. It was the quarterback who did some really bad stuff. Uh, That that's where you come back to. You don't go back some of these plays and go, Oh, you know, oh, man, I wish Stefanski would have been better. No, these throws are going, no, this guy's making, you know, $48 million a year. He needs to hit the comeback. Oh, he, this guy's making $48 million a year to start the game. He can't throw a five-yard throw four feet off target. 
and that's where I feel for him a little bit, and he's in a tough spot. And not some all you know, not all of this is his doing. And uh, this is going to be something I think we're going to be evaluating here as as the season goes on. And this is the problem: if it doesn't work, it can't be Deshaun's Deshaun Watson's fault because he's under contract for three more years, fully guaranteed. They're going to have to try something else to get him back to what he was, almost like what the Broncos had to do. It couldn't be Nathaniel Hackett's or it couldn't be Russell Wilson's fault last year. It had to be Nathaniel Hackett's fault. Although, as we'll discuss later in the show, maybe some evidence is starting to bubble up that it's. It's not Nathaniel Hackett's fault or any coach's fault. Russell Wilson possibly just, uh, you know, maybe no longer has it. But that's that's a little preview. That's a little taste of what's still to come. When we return, before we get to other things happening in the NFL, there was another Monday night game, although I wish there hadn't been. Saints-Panthers. We'll talk about that one when PF Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 